We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. You have to let it all go, Neil. Fear, doubt, disbelief. Free your mind. I just want to make an impact, a positive impact, on as many people as possible. You gotta wanna succeed as bad as you wanna breathe. When you're down, you might feel like you want to give up. Don't stop. Keep moving. Keep breathing. There's a war on consciousness in our society. There is an awakeness, an awareness that sees it all. And it's in you too. It's in all of us. We have to stop consuming our culture. We have to create culture. This is the G and Coletti Show. Let's begin. On this episode of the G and Coletti Show, we got to sit down with a really good friend of ours, Organic Olivia. Organic Olivia shot into Instagram stardom in the last few years, posting about health, Chinese medicine, and of course, parasites. Since my wife told me about her Instagram page a couple years ago, we have since become good friends and we get to see her every once in a while. We wanted to get her on the show so she could share some of her story with you guys. I was first introduced to Organic Olivia a few years ago, and while researching her further, I came across her interesting experience with parasites that lived inside her body. Now we're not talking about microscopic parasites here. These things are the size of a garden worm, or even bigger, including a head and a blood-sucking mouth. I am a blogger, a health researcher, and I will soon be getting my master's degree in traditional Chinese medicine. And I started this because when I was younger, I had a lot of health problems. And this was a constant theme throughout my life, but really came to a head when I started college. I began, I had already had IBS for years, a lot of food allergies, terrible stomach and bowel problems, and was placed on a ton of medications, not only for my stomach, like antispasmodics, but also just constant rounds of antibiotics for different infections and just a very poor immune system. So by the time I had got into college and I was pre-med because I had wanted to just be a, a medical doctor and figure out what was going on with me, I was placed on even more <laughs> medications when I went in and was found to have very high liver enzymes. So I was kind of trucking my way through my chemistry classes and my bio classes and feeling horrible. And one day I turned very, very yellow and sallow and started sweating profusely uncontrollably and just knew that I was either having a reaction to my medications, my liver had just had enough or whatever this mystery illness that was going on with me was just at this terrible point. So at that moment, I ran out of my chemistry class. I jumped into my car and for some reason, I drove to a traditional Chinese herbalist who had a little shop by my house where he sold supplements and did acupuncture. And I had just kind of always passed by and felt drawn to that, but also felt like, oh, it could just be, you know, BS, who knows? So I ran into his office and I told him something is wrong with me. I don't know what to do. I don't want to go back to my doctor. They keep giving me medications and I need your help. And he immediately told me to stick out my tongue, which I thought was very strange, especially because I have something called the geographic tongue, which has a lot of different uh, cuts in it and, you know, little peaks and valleys, which I later found out means that I have a lot of health problems and a poor constitution and poor digestion, which as I said, I had all my life. So he immediately looked at my tongue and he said, your liver is very inflamed right now. And 
I looked at him and said, how did you know that? You know, my doctor knows that, but I didn't tell you. And I'm on medication for that right now. And he said, yeah, your, your liver, it ha- there's a lot of heat in it. And later I learned what that meant in terms of Chinese medicine. But he said, there's a lot of heat and stagnation and your body has parasites and viruses and you are just backed up with a lot of this stuff. So let me stop you for one second. Yeah. He got all this information from looking at your tongue. <laughs> all of this information no from looking work, at my tongue. Nothing. No CAT scans, nothing, MRIs. Nothing whatsoever. And general diagnosis from Mm-mm. your tongue. Okay. Absolutely. And that is what originally intrigued me so much about Chinese medicine because years of having these diagnostic blood tests and everything like that had come up with nothing from my doctor. And I didn't have a name for what was going on with me besides just IBS, you know, irritable bowel syndrome and, uh, you know, whatever it was. So I was amazed that he saw this from my tongue and I decided to take all the stuff that he gave me, the herbs that he gave me. He gave me this tea that a lot of cancer patients will use to kind of be an adjunct to their therapy and to help their bodies through with everything. And he gave me a couple other herbs, some anti-parasitics from some anti-yeast herbs and, and medicines. And I just immediately began taking them. And this was besides the fact that I had already had colonoscopies and stool tests to look for parasites and to look for all of these bugs and microorganisms in my body. And they had always come up negative. My doctors always said, you've never traveled. You've never been out of the country. There's no way that you have parasites. Your IBS is just from an unknown cause. So I took the antiparasitics that he gave me anyway. And I was shocked to see what came out of my body. I actually had a lot of different things in me. I had liver flukes, I had roundworms, I had pinworms, I had all these things inside my body. And like I said, I had never traveled before. So I immediately knew that something was missing in the line of whatever my doctor had had looked for all of these years. Something was missing in the diagnostic process of Western medicine, and there was something that I could find in traditional Chinese medicine that I that I needed, and I just fell in love with it, and I researched it as much as I possibly could, and I, it just became a passion of mine. And eventually, with the herbs that he gave me, my liver enzymes were completely back to normal. I ended up getting rid of my terrible cystic acne on my face and my back through several rounds of parasite cleansing after seeing these things that came out of me. I was able to completely reverse and get rid of my IBS. I can now eat whatever I want, even gluten if I choose to, (laughs) which I choose to do all the time when I go to Italy. And I am very happy and healthy today and I owe that all to traditional Chinese medicine. So I began writing about my story on my blog and sharing all of these kind of unknown health things on on my website and people really responded to it because they were looking for answers just like me. So if people haven't been on your blog, can you give them an idea of exactly (laughs) <laughs> what a parasite looks like, what, you know, give an idea of the, the, the length, width, size. Sure. So are we talking about something microscopic? Yeah, and you're definitely going to have to share those pictures so we can post them up on, yeah. on, our, on our website. Of for course. Sure. Yeah, you can find the pictures on my website. I'll, I'll send them to you, of course. Um, so parasites, most of them are definitely microscopic, I would say, the majority of them. And a lot of the times also the, the issues that we have going on are viruses. A lot of people have low-grade viral infections. I definitely had Epstein-Barr at the time when my liver enzymes were through the roof as well. So you definitely can't see viruses when you're taking antivirals. It's not like you're going to see them come out of your body. But when you're taking antiparasitics, you should certainly see, for example, liver flukes. So they are maybe the size of the top of your thumb, and they are red or orange in color, and they are kind of flat, and they almost look like tomato skins or pepper skins, but... 
I've done parasite cleanses where I haven't eaten tomatoes for months when I didn't do any nightshades and I still got them out, so it was not tomato skins. Um, you can also find some roundworms, which might be seven or eight inches. You can find some ropeworms, which Dr. Alex Belinsky is trying to get funding to research what this ropeworm actually is because the medical system doesn't even understand what type of genome it's made up of. It's kind of a relatively new worm that a lot of people have. And if you go on my website to my blogs about parasites, you can see the ropeworm that I passed um, during my third round of parasite cleansing right before my acne got a lot better. And it was maybe seven inches. It was thick and slimy and it had a head on it. It, it had a large circular head at the top and, and kind of like a little almost like a mouth type opening. It was very strange and very scary and it smelled horrible, but I felt so good after I got it out of my body. Wow, it was sucking the life out of you, literally. Literally. Yes, and that's where the legends about uh, vampires, I think that they kind of have a lot to do with, they, they almost mirror what can happen inside of our bodies with these bugs. They suck your blood, garlic kills them, and they don't like light. <laughs> the, the parasite to me. Absolutely. So so I know you ended up going on to make your own parasite cleanse and sharing it with all of your um, followers. But what and, and people were sending in stories. Yes. So what's like the biggest, like the grossest picture uh, someone ever shared with you? I got one on Snapchat the other day. Someone sent me a worm that was the size of their stool, if not longer, because it was coming out of the end of their... I mean, it was huge. It was a very large roundworm. So wow. I get pictures all the time through Snapchat, and people will say, what's this one? Well, you know, what's this species? What, what, do you, what am I finding? So how long are we talking? Are we talking feet? Are we talking how long is this roper? Mm, maybe like... Because I've had the pleasure of, of seeing your email for like <laughs> two weeks, and some of the things that I saw, some of the... the the pictures that people sent uh, <laughs> like haunt my dreams to this day. Like, I would say the biggest one that I ever saw that someone sent me was maybe the size of my forearm. Wow. I'm not really good oh, with this wow. as well or just inches. length? Oh, no, no, not. <laughs> just, just length. Kidding, just just length. So, so tell me something, though. Like, I believe everything has a role. So are all parasites bad? Are they trying to do something in our body? Like, maybe we're... They're trying to clean out the toxicity in there. That's why, you know, they're they're doing something. You know, what I, do you think about that? I think that when your body becomes polluted, it gives them an opportunity to have a home because what they're doing in our body, like you said, they have a role. They're eating our waste. They're eating our putrefying food when we're not digesting it, when we don't have stomach acid to break things down. And they're definitely feeding in there. But unfortunately, parasites are called parasites for a reason. We don't really have a symbiotic relationship with them. They are taking our nutrients in order for them to survive. So parasites in general, the, the, at least the a lot of the roundworms, they don't really give anything back to us. What is good, however, is our good gut bacteria. And that's why I think after years of me taking antibiotics, I didn't have any defense against these larger parasites. I had almost no good bacteria because I had just destroyed it with these rounds. And the role of good beneficial gut bacteria is to prevent parasites from growing and thriving in your environment. It keeps your intestines at a certain pH. It it keeps your stomach acid up. It, there's so many things that the good bugs do to protect you from parasites. So perhaps even better than doing a parasite cleanse is making sure that you have the good bacteria to prevent them in the first place ever since you're little, you know, making sure that you breastfeed your child or that you, that you take probiotics from a young age, eat fermented foods. I think that's even more important than getting the parasites out is setting up an environment where they're not comfortable to thrive. So how were you feeling before and, and how'd you feel afterwards? I want to know how quickly Ugh. after the, you passed the parasite did things start to change? Because I know there's a legendary uh, picture of you with the Burger King 
crown. Yeah. It's one of my favorites. And I know that was obviously before, but yeah. how quickly after did you start to change? And- well, the day that I passed the really huge uh, r- uh, rope worm that I have on my site, I had almost like a high in my body. I felt so good and so much energy. And before that, I had always felt very lethargic, a lot of fatigue, uh, a lot of depression and things like that. And after I began parasite cleansing not only did I get so much energy back and would wake up earlier in the morning and would have just more of a zest for life but I also kind of I think a lot of that is because I found my passion I found that I wanted to help people you know deal with IBS and I wanted to help people know that this isn't just some blanket diagnosis that you're going to be on medication for for the rest of your life you can change this so I think that had a lot to do with it too but also just I don't know maybe days, weeks, months after I started getting these things out of my body, I just had more energy and more more ability to do the thing that I loved and to research what was going on inside my body and I had a purpose. So it was it was all it all came together. So now you're studying Chinese medicine? Yes, in the fall I will be getting my official traditional so, Chinese medicine. So can you read tongues yet? I mean, the thing is that I'm very Here self-taught. So I'd love you to read Coletti's tongue just to see what's going on there. Let's see your tongue. <laughs> I'm gonna get you on video too. Watch that. All right. Oh, it's shaking. So first <laughs> off, first off, is it's shaking. That's the that first thing. I, no, no, no. So it's so not because he's nervous. When your tongue is shaking, that's a, a chi deficiency. Basically, it's like your body doesn't have enough chi because your tongue is a muscle, right? Uh-huh. So it doesn't have enough chi to kind of keep the muscle in place. Let's go. So that's kind of like an energy deficiency. So fatigue, things like As that. As a result of possibly too much coffee. As a I, result, I or why you want to drink the coffee all the time, right? Okay. Oh, trying to keep what that came first. Absolutely, okay. and it's very uh, in the back. You have um, not only is your tongue very white, so you do have a, a little bit too much yin. You're a little too cold, uh-huh. and that thus is making that false empty heat come out. That's why you're hot all the time. People think that if you're very cold, you're just going to feel cold, but that's not always the case. If you're uh, Yang deficiency is very deep and burns through your yin, you're going to have empty false heat come up and feel hot all the time. And in the back, you have a little yellow where the kidneys are, and mm-hmm. that's the coffee messing with your kidneys. That's okay. a little kidney yin deficiency, so, little So the reason that coffee keeps dampness. coming up is Coletti is a huge coffee advocate, yeah. um, big bulletproof fan. And but let's not, coffee bring, let's not a, bring bulletproof into this. Coffee <laughs> is a vitamin. It has one of those t-shirts. <laughs> it is. Dave Asprey said it. But if uh, so, do you think I should have no coffee at all, or possibly just get down to normal levels? So I'm having three um, coffees a day. Perhaps that's so the issue. Coffee, the coffee is a very uh, hot substance, as you know. It's very acidic, so it's considered very yang. So it what it does is it kind of aggravates your liver a little bit, puts a little heat in your liver, and that's kind of what's stealing the juice, the yin from your kidneys and your adrenals. So I would recommend to try to get through a couple weeks without coffee and then see see what your energy levels really are because you can't tell when you're drinking coffee every day how you're truly feeling and and how your bot what state your body's in. A couple you know? weeks without coffee. Okay, back to you, Olivia. So <laughs> your parasite cleanse. Someone's having a parasite. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So what I'm curious about, Olivia, is is your 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 reach now as an influencer like how did that change your life like how you know one day you're just sick and then the next day not only are you healthy but now you have all these people asking you for advice yeah sending you all this love you're now able to share your passion with them can you tell me about that journey for you and 
and uh, where you want to be and yeah, just overall how it so happened. So in the beginning, it was amazing because my audience wasn't that big and it was kind of like I could share all this new information and, and I felt like very free to do so. But now that my audience is bigger, I actually feel a lot of responsibility and that is why I'm now going to get my master's and that's why I'm going to be able to do more one-on-one specific consultations because I think as a social media influencer, what you the things that you say mean a lot because these people are really looking to you for advice. These are people that, like me, had no one to turn to and their doctors aren't giving them answers. And I have to absolutely be careful with what I say. And I don't want to, you know, even though Chinese medicine isn't backed up by science per se, things like acupuncture are recognized by the World Health Organization. And there is a lot of um, things that you can do to explain to people in a way that helps them to understand their body better without having to back everything up by science. But you know, I also don't want to be the pseudoscience and just talk from internet research alone. So absolutely, it's given me so much responsibility and so much uh, just drive to be able to get my degree in this and be able to really help people on an individual level. And I hope to create products in the future, more products that are tailored to each person's symptoms so that I can work with them and, and create these excellent products without having to just, you know, mm-hmm. do one-on-ones with everybody, but I could have a, a reach where it's more responsible and I can tailor the products to what people really need. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's changed my life by giving me that drive to go and do more and make more of myself and, and make this my true career. And it's also just, um, given me just happiness that someone writes to me and says, you know, I, I did your parasite cleanse and my acne is so much better and I can digest things again and I'm not having pain every day. And, I, you know, I listened to your advice about drinking ginger tea every morning and my hands and feet aren't cold and my thyroid is getting better and just all these little things that people write to me. It's just, it's the most amazing feeling and it, and it makes me feel like I can use social media, which can be such a monster in such a positive way because... That's incredible. And, and speaking yeah. about happiness, you know, you're not just the the parasite girl or giving people advice on on health <laughs> and nutrition. You know, you put yourself out there and you tell them days that you're not feeling good yes. or maybe you're feeling depressed. Have you found that people are looking to you for answers in in those parts of their life as well, not just nutrition and whatnot? Yeah, I think that's the most important part because even though I started my blog as um, you know, like a health place where people can go for health information and nutrition and things like that the place where I feel like I really shine the most is almost on the more spiritual health and emotional health aspects and once again I have Chinese medicine to thank for that because if you look at the organ system there's an emotion for every organ that can create an imbalance or that can show up if there is already an existing imbalance so it taught me that your emotional and your spiritual health is almost more important than what you put in your body someone can have a terrible diet but if they're really, really happy and they forgive people really easily and they, they give generously to others and they don't uh, hold grudges and they're not malicious to people and they just have this happiness and this gratitude, that can almost completely make up for it'll, drinking coffee four times override. a day. <laughs> so maybe you should try that. So that's yeah. the issue. So it's not the coffee. So <laughs> yeah. How, how, so how does someone like Coletti be happy and, and, and get into that sort of, is there, is, there a, is there a hack for that or is that something that comes from within? Uh, I think the the gratitude is the biggest gratitude, thing, like in yeah. the meditation that you, you did love, before, gratitude, yeah. focusing on 
gratitude just 24 seven, every single situation that you find yourself in, whether it feels like the worst situation, you find that one thing that you can be grateful for that one lesson within that, that makes it worth it to you. And you'll be happy every single day of your life because every situation is neutral. Every single thing that happens to you is neutral. You are the one that places the positive or the negative connotation to it. And it's your responsibility to find the silver lining. Like they say, it doesn't happen to you. It happens for you. Absolutely. And how you react to it is how it's going to affect you. Absolutely. Interesting. And we talked a little bit about this in our last podcast with Gabor Mate and how um, one of the examples we gave was that like not all smokers get lung cancer, Mm -hmm. for example. So Mm -hmm. there's some other factor. It's some sort of like emotional factor. I think that's involved where some people smoke from nine to age 100. They have a very laid back, easy kind of life. They're happy and grateful for Uh what they have. And the smoking has no effect on them. Whereas some people might just have a stress life, not even smoke and get lung cancer. You know what I mean? So there's, there's, there's something science is missing. Something that, you know, I guess all cultures across the world scientifically are not getting all of the facts and understand health 100%. But it seems like through trial and error, people are figuring out, wait a minute, you know, there's something we got to, we're missing here. Something we got to look at more. It's It's interesting you're mentioning mentioning, um, gratitude because I've been doing my own meditation. I created my own meditation where... Everybody around me in the morning, mm-hmm. I, I hug them and I tell them what I feel gratitude towards them for and what they did for me. And I notice relationships just change you completely. You didn't do that to me this morning. How do you know? <laughs> oh, you don't say it no, out loud. It doesn't behind your back. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So on Sunday morning, you must have given me a big so gratitude every, hug. So every morning, no, I missed you on Sunday. But every every morning, I go one by That's one beautiful. and I notice people just treat me differently and relationships just change mm-hmm. completely. And, and not even like that, like I'm ask, acting differently towards them. I could have not seen them for a week and I'll see yeah. them out of nowhere and they're acting differently. Yeah. So it's it's definitely more energetic than... So you believe that now? Because I remember like, right, when you, right when you came to CE, you thought a lot of that stuff was like really hmm. like... Until you started seeing 777 everywhere right that one that one's a freaky one the number thing is you know i thought that was i thought that was bullshit and i tried to you know try to understand why and quantify okay seven 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 there's you know a thousand different combinations it's a three yeah. it's three oh, numbers you're the and whatnot math but, guy. but yeah. I, I do he's see science it. guy he's like yeah. the numbers give me the stats what's the probability yeah. you know but, like i understand how stress can make you sick you know like that's yeah He's more like the logical justifier sort of thing but yeah now he's talking about him sending sending people Energy. Through his thoughts, <laughs> yeah. gratitude, and they're coming back and acting different. And then the universe yes. is sending me a, a seven, seven, seven. Whenever I'm on I'm the right track, thank you. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Whenever I'm on the right, I'll think of I something. Am, and I'll see it. I'm like, okay. I, I get am it. the biggest advocate for signs. I write about this on my blog. My experience with the number four twenty nine. For some reason, that number just follows me. I've seen it maybe three times since I've been here so far <laughs> in the last day and a half. But uh, yeah, I think whenever you're doing something that's on the right track or whenever you do, you're doing something that's good for your health or that's positive for you, you are going to see a sign in some form, whether it's a number, whether it's a person coming up to you and just doing something really nice or saying something really nice to you, a stranger. You know, I think that the energy that comes back to you, that equal exchange of what you put out there and, and being in the right place and, and doing what resonates with you comes back somehow. So what would you recommend to people? How do people know that something is a sign? Is it something you have to feel? Is it something that like, yeah. you, you, know, like you talked about intuit, intuitively. We, we talk a lot about intuition on this podcast. Almost every single guest talks about a moment in their life where some sort of intuition just dragged them. And already you said you went to the acupuncturist. Mm-hmm. Little did yeah, you know that yeah, the rest that of was, your life oh, would yeah. be Chinese medicine. I but know. But took that, you're almost dying. Yes. Get pulled over there. But now that you're sort of into it, how do you follow the signs? Well, 429 is an obvious one. Well, I think a lot of times signs come through animals too. So it'll be like you're really stressed and upset and you're taking a walk and all of a sudden a bunny runs past you, you know, and it's... I saw a bunny yesterday at Joe's house. Oh, that's 
That's good. Right when I got older, and what a move. What does that mean? Uh, well, a bunny generally meet, uh, bunnies in general, you know, they're very uh, scared all the time. They have a lot of fear. So it's kind of a reminder that your your thoughts will manifest and not to have fear because that's going to kind of attract the prey. The more scared a bunny, bunny is, the more, I mean, the predator. I almost ran it over on the driveway. I was creeping oh, up slowly. My dog right. was like, don't run it over. I'm like, it's not moving. See where I parked? Hmm. I was parked all the so way at the bottom of the driveway. So maybe it's telling you that's that because the rabbit wouldn't move. you've conquered a fear, that maybe. you've done a really good job of, of silencing the fears and that you're moving forward and just to not get hit by a car. Or I feel like you just didn't want to accept the diagnosis that you were afraid in your life so you switched it all around that this was a fearless bunny no, fear's so this been, has a difference. It, it was fearless. Fear's a big player in, in, in well it was a much bigger player in my life than before. I'm still afraid of some things. So you're of. the fearless bunny now. The fearless, the fearless, fearless bunny. bunny. We were looking for a nickname for him. <laughs> now we got it. The fearless bunny. <laughs> the fearless bunny. That's great. And I think uh Signs also come through dreams a lot. I think you really have to pay attention to your dreams because that's what when... What, what do you think a dream is? Because I'm still on the fence. That's when your ego is asleep and, and messages can come in. I think it's... I think... Oh, man. I have a lot of theories about dreams that are not uh, <laughs> really necessarily based in science or reality. But I think you, you get messages from perhaps if you believe in spirit guides or angels or loved ones that have passed. I think you're always getting messages like uh the other night i had a dream that a dragonfly landed on my face and then was killed by my lip balm <laughs> so it was organic lip balm but i was really you know i just felt like regardless dragonfly <laughs> shouldn't be using lip balm but it so it died and i was trying to resuscitate it and my dad was trying to bring it back to life and this is all the dream, right? Yeah, yeah but okay. he couldn't. It was dead, and every time he tried to help it, more legs would fall off, and it was just very strange. So I almost felt like the, the dragonfly means a lot about transformation because it's kind of mm -hmm. hiding out to become this beautiful dragonfly. And I wonder like, how the first dream interpreters came up with <laughs> what does this mean? And then, you know, like you can get a book that it means it, but how the hell do they know what the dreams mean? Like, I think a lot of it is from natives. Yeah, oh, yeah natives. a lot of the, the natives Teachings. had legends and about, yeah, spirit animals. And a lot of times, you know, I'll see animals in my dreams all the time, and I just immediately type in spirit animal, meaning of whatever it was. And we'll I find. To, yeah, we'll have to ask Sal at the We will, yeah, someday. that's yeah. that's a great so organic question. Organic Olivia always brings something interesting to the table. <laughs> uh, you're always researching and stuff. I, mean, I, I find you pretty cutting edge. Um, Thanks. What else? What the? What's the most interesting thing you've come across lately in terms of nutrition, diet? Ooh. I know you're mentioning a potato hack, but I think you have something even better than that. <laughs> potato hack. Um, I think the most interesting or cutting edge or uh, opposite of the mainstream type thing right now would be my uh, my view that the juicing and the raw food uh, trends that are coming up nowadays are not as healthy as we think. Wow. I, I am very much not down with the cold, raw smoothies and food all the time. And I've experimented on my own body a lot in that sense. I did a 28-day completely raw vegan experiment you on myself. A, you a juice cleanse, no? I used to do a juice cleanse. I yes, did I did. Absolutely. I, I had... <laughs> day six? No, I day had four. so many recipes for juices and... What I learned was that that's not that's more of a, a newer thing that people are playing with. Yeah, is it good for like a reset, not to do all the time? Maybe like for one week to I cleanse mean, yourself. I mean, number one, you're getting a, a blast of antioxidants and vitamins, absolutely. But in terms of long term um, help with your digestion and help with uh, the digestive fire that extracts your nutrients from food. It's not the best way to do it. It may be good for someone who's very, very ill and has cancer, like the Gerson therapy, for example. Their digestive fire is already shot, and they need nutrients any way that they can. So by 
taking in the juices, you're kind of like getting that like vitamin shot right into your blood mm-hmm. because there's no fiber that you have to break down. But in terms of just the, the regular normal person just eating all this raw food, think about what our ancestors ate. They would have like these slow cooked stews that would take all day to prepare in the kitchen and would just really be, you know, extracting the nutrients if they were making like a like a chicken soup. It was yeah, taking the minerals meat, from the meat, bones all so day, just yeah. leaching into the this soup. This could be a whole podcast. And something to <laughs> <about meat>. <laughs> How far back are we going? Because yeah. our ancestors at one point were just picking berries and, and eating probably They had fire scraps. though. Well, we're talking yeah, before yeah, fire. fire. I think if there's anything before that we learned fire. here is that is that we're all, we're all changing, and, and and we thought two years ago we don't yes. cook now, and Olivia had yeah. a juice cleanse, thing, and okay. now she's admitting that maybe the, the cleanse, yeah. the juicing is and, not and the way is, to go. This yes. is what what is so confusing for most people. It's like, mm-hmm. what do you do? You listen to who yes. is who is right, who is wrong? Yep. And I think most people need to experiment with themselves yes. and try things, exactly. and then let their body intuitively say this feels good. I'm going to keep 100%. doing this, mm-hmm. and just be honest, not yes. try to force it because like oh I got to get through this. Listen, there'll be some down days when you do any sort of cleanse, mm-hmm. you're going to get worse before you mm-hmm. get better. Um, but really listen to your body. But I like the fact that you, you use Chinese medicine as a base because I think that that's a thousand, yeah. is that developed over thousands of years? I mean, yeah. Um, so whereas many. Western medicine is only a couple hundred years old. Yeah. And even Ayurveda. So where do you sit on the fence between Ayurveda and... It's so similar to traditional similar, Chinese. Right? They, they both talk a lot about the digestive fire. Um, and Ayurveda says that ama or food toxins that are sitting in your intestines undigested are basically the root of all illness. And even with, you know, naturopathic medicine, they also believe that illness starts in the gut and that poor digestion and poor elimination is terrible. And that's why they're so big on colonics. And is Ayurveda are they uh, vegetarian? Uh, not. I mean, not necessarily. Different, different it's branches it's of more illness. like certain parts of India are vegetarian, and the mm. Ayurvedic uh, doctrine can be very well adapted to it. A vegetarian diet because you know there's certain warming qualities that you can get from steamed milk and you know turmeric milk golden milk that wonderful mm. recipe that they have um, that can replace meat and animal products so it's they're very open to it traditional Chinese medicine is more like no you got to have some meat in there they're not as flexible as Ayurveda so once again like you said it depends on what resonates with you and experimenting if you're someone who really resonates with a vegetarian or vegan diet then go for Ayurveda because that would be way more adaptable to your beliefs and what you have found works for your body. But if you're someone who's like, no, I need my my meat and potatoes and my I need a steak every day, you go, you know, go look at Chinese medicine and and (laughs) yeah, there's so many ways, you know, there's many paths, one truth kind of, you know, there's, there's many ways to heal the body. And I think everyone is so individual and that's another reason why I wanted to go and get my master's because like I said, I feel a little uncomfortable sometimes giving just blanket advice to a huge audience of people because we are all so different and you do really have to experiment on yourself. And when I did my raw food cleanse, my raw food experiment, I kind of looked at my voice as a gauge because I am an opera singer. Okay, I, you got to give us a note. Come on, Olivia. <laughs> no. Let's hear something. I heard you sing once before. Uh, you really want me to sing yeah, opera yeah, right now? Come on. Damn, I got to like... Warm up a little warm bit. Up. Okay. <laughs> All right. Maybe at the end I'll do a little okay, warm up. Okay, okay. You can put it we'll at the pause. end. Yeah. Okay. So in terms of you know diet and stuff and, and leads us into supplementation. Mm-hmm. We know that you, you have certain products. What's what's next on the horizon? What's well, coming she's out? She's telling your story about her voice. Yeah. She said she's gonna real quick. I thought she was gonna I'll do it. No, I'm gonna do a, a little oh. sample of my voice. Okay. But so with my voice, I noticed that uh, 
the higher ranges at my higher octaves and notes were so strong. I could belt out an opera classic with no problem. But when I tried to sing the deeper ballads and the R&B that I love so much, I had absolutely no power. I couldn't belt. I couldn't, I could hardly even stay on the note. It was kind of cracking. And when I eat a diet that's very grounding and very warm and it's all soups and stews and rice and it's nothing raw or cold, my lower notes are really strong and I can sing show tunes and R&B, but my opera's not that strong. So I think about a lot of people who are advocates of like a totally raw diet and, and all these fruits and vegetables. I, I think you're onto something. Maybe you could be a singing coach, a diet-based singing coach. Oh, that would be Tenors, cool. you give them these deep warming foods and the yeah. higher sopranos, you give them like these like raw vegan That's diets for so a week. true, yeah. A lot That'd of ginger for the tenors. Yeah. And a lot of blueberries for the sopranos. But yeah, I think that it's kind of like the how raw foods are said to be very high vibration and resonate with the higher chakras. It's higher the same with your higher vibration. Yeah, it's just, absolutely. I mean, higher notes, if you just looked at it on a frequency, it would be in a lot of the higher hertz. So uh, same with the chakras. Those are said to be the higher frequency chakras. And I think that food really nourishes those. But when you have that lack of balance and you don't have the warming and grounding foods, your lower chakras kind of suffer. And so people need to know where are they already strong? You know, are your... So you could... very evidently see an imbalance and that sort of drew your attention to maybe something. Yeah, I've always been able to tell through my voice. Yeah, always. What what do you think? Like, we're born with vocal cords. Do you think we should all be singing on a regular basis? Yes, singing. Oh my god! I had this one vision one day that maybe we're meant to be singing to each other all the time because it sounds so much better, right? It's such a bonding experience. Imagine like... Why, why, Why don't we sing to each other? Give me a note, Coletti. <laughs> no, I don't think. I <laughs> warm up with Olivia together. later on. Okay. Okay. We're going to do, do a trio <laughs> to we'll, end the we'll show see. today. But I think it's it's always traditionally been something that people do. They'll gather around and they'll sing campfire songs or they'll sing with their families. And, and when you sing, you feel different. After you oh sing, my God. you feel it like you're on a high. It opens your heart. Wow. It, it releases stagnation from your liver. The the major thing that ails America is, in Chinese medicine is liver chi stagnation. I would say 95% of people have this you know, pattern of imbalance. And when you sing, it breaks up that stagnation in your liver okay, like we're definitely nothing else. At the end this podcast, Do you ever burp when you sing? Um, I burp all the time maybe. when I sing. And it's because it's breaking up. I don't that often, but... Really? Whenever you're burping after a meal, it's because you ate something that kind of stagnated your liver a little bit and the burp is a way for your body to release that. So it's a good thing to burp. So tell me what's going on with those potatoes. So I, uh, I just love potatoes. I really got into rebuilding the microbiome. So after I did all the parasite cleansing and got the bad guys out, I looked at what can I do to build up my good guys besides just taking probiotics because you're going to need some prebiotic fiber so that they can feed and grow. And I read this book by Tim Steele called The Potato Hack. And it's, it's not a cleanse. It's not a detox by any means. It's just kind of a way to reset your body and to feed your microbiome like nothing else. Potatoes are very, very rich in something called resistant starch, especially if they're cooked a little bit raw. Cook them like the Irish do with a stone in the middle where the inside's a little bit hard and undercooked. And you're going to be in, you know, taking in so much resistant starch that you usually wouldn't have in a diet. You put a stone in the actual potato? No, no, no. You cook it at the stone in the middle style oh, okay. where yeah, you well, cook well, it well, almost... Well, I that all, I that almost... <laughs> So. <laughs> I never heard that before. Ladies and gentlemen, he was gifted. The modern, <laughs> the modern education system deemed him, deemed him enriched and gifted. gets hot, they might cook it from the oven. But basically, <laughs> when you eat potatoes for you know three to five days or longer, if you'd like, uh, you are feeding selectively feeding the really really great bifidobacterium in your intestines and all of the wonderful species that 
prevent parasites for years to come and you are just kind of resetting everything. You're allowing them this time, this uninterrupted time to just flourish and grow and to produce all of these cancer preventative substances like short chain fatty acids. And it's kind of like similar to breast milk. Breast milk has uh, human milk oligosaccharides and the potato, the starch in potato kind of acts like that. So the same way that a baby gets an excellent immune system from the prebiotic sugars in breast milk, you're also getting a huge boost to your immune system from the resistant starch in potatoes. And you can look up tons of studies on resistant starch. So if there's one thing that I would like to leave everyone with, it's kind of what I said before, that your spiritual and your emotional health is so much more important than even just the physical, tangible things that we put inside our bodies every day. That is really what matters. And love is what matters, as corny as it sounds, and, and positivity and gratitude and all of these things affect your physical health more than you would ever imagine. I think the greatest healing that I got, besides all the cleansing that I've done and diet changes and experiments, was the day that I decided to forgive my mom for things that had happened in my childhood and in my life. There was nothing more powerful than the healing that I experienced that day. The next day I woke up and my skin was brighter and clearer than ever. I had even passed literally parasites in my stool that day, not even parasite cleansing, just from releasing the anger and the resentment that I was holding towards her that was killing me inside. So I really think what's most important is forgiveness compassion, not only told towards others, but towards yourself, because a lot of what I had to do that day was also forgive myself, uh, forgive myself for anger that I had held towards people in my life for years, forgive myself for a lot of years of self-hatred and why my body became so sick and the diet changes that I made as a child and all the patterns that I developed of uh, not having any self-confidence. I think that self-love is more important than anything. So if you don't know where to start in your health journey or your emotional health journey and you want to start today, write a letter to yourself of all the things that you forgive yourself for and have compassion and say, I know how you felt that day and I understand why you're angry and I just want you to know that I love you and tell yourself every day that you love yourself. Give yourself a hug. Cry if you need to. Just write it all out. Write the most heartfelt letter to yourself that you can possibly think of and to others if you need to, if there's someone in your life that you have a lot of anger towards, but just try to write it out and, and send love to it and, and send love to yourself every single day and know that you are so capable of healing, especially once you remove these blockages. That's all your body wants to do is heal and love you.